you don't have the knowledge or the information about it, um, then I feel like I can't speak up about it. Hello, welcome back to Rice Bowl Reflections. I'm Janet. And I'm Jennifer, the co-host. We're here without Jill and Hiram still hasn't joined us yet. Uh, but it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's Eventually. Fine. It'll make his appearance more special, keeping everybody on their toes. Right? He'll be like special guest. Everybody. As in, as in no one yet, but maybe maybe one or two people yeah i'm actually gonna push out the podcast episode later tonight if i get wi-fi or tomorrow and then that way it'll drop right before the new year's maybe if i edit this one too we'll have two episodes launching at the same time what a treat i know did you finish uploading or editing the first episode no there's still some stuff i have to remove so but we're basically done i'm in like the last like few minutes okay well take your time yeah yeah. anyways how's your week been uh oh yes i wanted to try this new thing out where uh we put a flavor on our week well we have a couple flavors do you want to do you want to go over those flavors that you came up with we're gonna have like a bland flavor which is kind of like eh, the week's kind of bland it's okay it's not bad it's not terrible whatever could have like a sweet week you know kind of sweet somebody was sweet to you something good happened umami just kind of like lots of lots of enriching stuff happened in your life lots of flavor lots of different things happened do you want to handle the last three yeah so we got we got um salty which is bad uh something unresolved then we got sour something terrible bitter i guess that's the worst um i think uh, all three are kind of the same but it's just like what what kind of thing happened that left that flavor in your mouth you know oh okay like you're salty you're salty about something oh my gosh like why did karen get the but right salty i feel like is not as bad as it would be bitter yeah no i guess sour and bitter would be kind of like similar i don't yeah you know something terrible happened but it's not like it's affecting you anymore maybe and then bitter is like something bad but then it's still kind of affecting you i guess or still in your in your head yeah maybe we could have like a a rotten taste too like just rotten food so absolutely terrible week okay well if you had to describe in one of those terms how would you describe your week um, I think this week was just kind of, well, it was kind of umami. There was a lot of stuff happening at work, especially, Ooh. um, lots of plans. So umami as in lots of good stuff happening. Lots of good stuff happening. Like when I'm busy at work, it's a good thing, you know, like it's like a healthy stress. We're just trying to get stuff out in the... Before the new year. Yeah, before the new year and also like... There's a lot of stuff that happens, and um, like in real in in real life too. I had a lot of plans, lots of lots of stuff that kept me busy. Um, nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would say this week. Um, 
maybe more good than bad. Probably sweet, I guess. Oh, that's um, good. Maybe like a semi-sweet. <laughs> semi-sweet, okay. If, yeah. So like between the bland and the sweet. So nothing, nothing like a lot of great things. Just a lot of work stuff. And then now I'm relaxing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you never get time to relax. You're always just like everywhere doing something yeah so this is kind of nice i mean recording this podcast gives me time to just sit here and reflect on my week and do some rice bowl reflections you have a reason to stay home (laughs) yeah yeah so i have a question for you huh how self-confident do you think you are on a scale of one to ten Oh, that's our topic this week. Self-confidence. Um, yeah. For me, I think I think it depends on where I am. Like, if it's, like, the workplace versus, like, personally with my friends. Yeah, it depends on the situation. Yeah, and or in dating. Uh, and confidence in what it is. Certain topics. So, I think in, like... In a social setting, just regular social setting, I want to say I'm at least like a a seven, and then sometimes I'm like okay. a nine, but like I'm never a hundred percent sure, you know. So it's like it's never a hundred percent. Sometimes, like I think somebody could easily gaslight me into thinking that I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> or like you know, like I'll be like somebody will come up with something and I'll come up with an answer that sounds really smart. And in my head, I'm like, I'm right. And then then it makes you question yourself later. Second guess. Yeah. They'll second guess. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I think I'm right. Right. I I feel like that kind of makes like an overall self-confidence level, a lower number because like some people are just so confident that uh, in anything like just like dating work or life in general when they're so confident like everything they do across the board is is a high number right but for for us it's like we we're kind of like a we could be a f- five and a half right and I think you and I are pretty much the same where we are confident but then like once something like and then we're like wait is that right? Is that true? <laughs> like we so- gaslight ourselves questioning ourselves <laughs> and it goes back down yeah 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 like some, yeah, I think we're like that. We're, we're more, or kind of five and a half, if anything. I think that's true. That's probably like, yeah, I think average. Maybe it could average out to like five. Well, eh, I think it's an average between like five and nine. So probably like a six and a half, seven. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I would say I'm a six. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a six. Because like I would never go below 50. It's like, you know, everything's a 50 50. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So not go under that five. I'm very easily, like, wavered, and then I'll, like, go back down to be like, wait, is that right? Like, I'll say, yeah, I'll I'll be the exact same way. I'll be like, yeah, this is it, I think. Yeah. I mean, also, like, um, or, like, when I do my artwork or something, I'll let, if mm-hmm. I make something, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is amazing, this is wonderful, and then, like, I come back, and I look at it, I'm like, no, 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 it's, maybe it's not good enough. <laughs> so yeah yeah it kind of sucks i wonder if there's like a way we can work on that and be better at like what we do not better what we do but more confident in what we do instead of like questioning 
I think maybe like if we take a YOLO approach kind of thing, like, mm-hmm. hey, even if it's not good enough, you should just put it out there. You know, I do you think that it stems from like being when we were younger, like we were just gaslit or something like, I don't know, something happened where we start questioning everything that we do, like and be like oh wait maybe we are wrong you know like how come i think um, we think that way i think it could be because like growing up we're like as a chinese american right there are we have like a lot of pressure to be correct a lot of pressure right. to be perfect so it's like you don't want to be like oh i'm 100 percent certain on this but then be wrong if you throw out that right. disclaimer. And then, and then your ego is just like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You need the disclaimer. Yeah. So then, so then it doesn't, it doesn't look, it's not as bruising to your ego when you are wrong. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't even know if it's ego, but it's just like, yeah, I don't, I think for me, I'm afraid of the shame that comes with being wrong. Mm, I get that. You know, yeah, like if I'm, you're wrong, completely then it's the like, same way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the ego. You're just like, oh, man. I just, you're just kind of like tail between your legs kind of thing. Where like, if you were wrong, like, that's how you feel. That's why I like, I like to throw out my disclaimer. Like, oh, I think it's this. But I'm like only 96% sure, you know. <laughs> right, 4% right. could be wrong. But yeah. Right. I said, I think. I didn't say, <laughs> I know it's this. Yeah, I said it could <laughs> be wrong. But you know, <laughs> if it was right, right. then... <laughs> yeah yeah and some people like are so good at not having to say that and then they come off so confident i wonder if that's just like you just play it off you know and if it's wrong you just have to say i'm sorry i truly thought it was this but thank you for correcting me i think that like in a healthy person that's easy to come to where you can apologize but Mm -hmm. like as an Asian Chinese American growing up, I want to say that I almost never ever hear our mom or dad say, I'm sorry. Unless it was something we did. I'm sorry my child did yeah. this. But it's never something, I'm sorry I did this. But I feel like when it's when it comes to work, when, if I do something like that I did wrong, I always own up to it. But when it's like like anywhere else i feel like it's harder for me to say i'm sorry i did it wrong like more personal reasons yeah like for example this like when i was at work i i received like um a blood sugar reading right and i'm supposed to like titrate the insulin to a patient and then i i calculated it and then i was going to implement it but then the person that was training me stepped away and uh, I ha- I couldn't change the numbers of the of the medication. So I had to wait for her to come back. But then like I was so busy that by the time she came back, which was like probably 20 something minutes later, like I was doing something else and I completely forgot about it. And then the doctor comes over and was like, hey, like this is their blood sugar reading. Like, where are they at? And then like, I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I completely forgot to change the number on the on the drip the machine you know um 
so then like i'm like oh i'm sorry that was that was me i wanted to change it but i didn't want to change it wrong so it was, it was my bad that i didn't update the the drip so like i was able i like i had no problem saying that and like owning up to it are you even allowed to change the drip without documenting what you did you know technically you didn't document i that have you to document it. it after i changed it but i never changed it so i can't document it exactly so, so nothing wrong technically you were still you were just waiting right right but i feel bad because then it makes my my teacher look bad because i never brought it up to her oh so like your teacher was back already well, by the time she came back, I completely forgot to ask her because I was doing something else. I was like, I have, there's like 50 million things I have to do. And then that was not really my priority. I mean, like, yes and no. So I don't know. But I mean, everything's fine. She's it's it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like a big like mistake or anything. Just a learning opportunity. And me, it just, you know, taught me to write down questions that I have. I want to ask. I want to ask her and then next time i'll just write it down and then when she comes back i'll read it off and ask her again but yeah not a big deal but it's just something that i feel like it was easy for me to own up to that's all but then when it comes to like relationships um like i guess in a way like i if i'm arguing with my like partner right Mm -hmm. and if i'm wrong it's it's hard for me to say i'm sorry i think it's because I don't want to say ego. It's just that, like, I'm so angry that I want to be right. I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes I I, I do say that I'm wrong, but only if I know that I'm wrong. But, like, if it's a gray area, I don't say, like, hey, I was completely in the wrong. I think in work situations, I could say the same, that I do apologize if I get something wrong. And sometimes it's kind of like, oh, man, sorry, sorry, you got it wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Maybe in work situations, it's more of a black and white, like you're either wrong or you're not wrong versus like in real life or like with family and friends, it's just kind of like a gray area. I think in, yeah, in, in work situations, it is kind of like a little bit more black and white and everyone is there to like hold you accountable. But mm-hmm. like when it comes to like a personal relationship thing, it's like less factual and more like opinion-y, you know? Right, right. Kind of based on your own rules. Yeah. And um, I could see that because I think I'm the same, but like... Yeah. But like sometimes like I, I still don't feel like I did something wrong, but logically somehow someone has like argued that I've been wrong, but uh-huh. like... If I think about it in my, like, my logic in my head is kind of right. <laughs> right. Like, like if if it was wrong and your logic automatically knew it was wrong, like, you wouldn't have done it, you know? Like, but in your head, you're like, it's right, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. So it made more, it made sense to do whatever it is at the moment because it was right. Yeah. Like, you didn't know that it was wrong. Yeah. And then also, I guess, like, sometimes... I guess it could be kind of, I don't know if it's ego, but it's just kind of like, um, I think it's the shame thing. You feel like ashamed to admit that you're wrong. And then, yeah. so then you don't want to admit it. Do you think that has to do something with being like Asian American, like with how our parents were being Chinese? Yeah. You ever see mama ever apologize for being wrong? 
So, so it's basically like, um, I don't want to say ethnic. What was it like? Cultural? Cultural. Because yeah. they don't, they don't express their sorrow. They don't express their love. They do everything by action. Right. And then like to apologize could just be like a sign of weakness. So maybe that's why. Hmm. Do you have anything that like kind of like humbled you and made you like less confident kind of thing? I don't know if this this counts, but like when I was in fifth grade, uh-huh. I had like my I feel like my ADHD was so bad. I think that was a, that was the age that or that was the grade that I was like going to either fail fifth grade or pass fifth grade. Like there was I believe that was the grade that I was close to failing. And, um, basically I have ADHD. Uh-huh. Um, so growing up, it was really hard for me. Like when we would have a test on that day, I didn't even know there was a test. It was undiagnosed so, like, ev- ADHD. Yes. Um, but when I was in fifth grade, I, I didn't know what was going on. Like, like my teacher would be like, okay, we're going to do this now. And like, I didn't know, I, I, I was in my brain, you know, I was just daydreaming about stuff and then like all of a sudden everybody's getting up and i'm just like what's going on and like it's not like i didn't speak english i I knew how to speak english it's just i wasn't paying attention to what's going on so then like i'm always like lost so like yeah i think that's um so then just throughout the year that year i was just like when i did something like um showed up to school and there was a test i'm like oh my god there's a test and then I would do bad on the test because I didn't even know there was a test. Um, just stuff like that. I feel like that year was was very confusing to me. And then I would always, I would, like, around the end of the year, I would tell myself like, oh my God, like, like be more, ask more questions and see like what's going on because apparently like you don't know what's going on. And it kind of made me feel like I wasn't good enough because my grades were telling me that I'm dumb but in reality I just didn't know what was going on and I feel like because at such a young age I already was told that that I was like oh I'm the dumb person in the family like nobody like none of like you and Jill and Hiram were always like doing so well like And then mom and dad would always praise you guys and say like, oh, you guys are so smart. And then like, like even in Chinese class, like when mom and dad hired a Chinese teacher to come over, I had ADHD. So I like, I literally never paid attention to anything he said. So when it came to like testing time and he would like test you on how to read Chinese characters, I didn't know any of them because I wasn't paying it like my brain was not in class so I would never like pass any of his tests and then so mom and dad would be like always be like oh like yeah she's just the slower one so like growing up I'm always like oh I'm just the slower one I'm just dumb so like you know like I never I never felt like I was smart enough to do anything so um I guess that's my that has caused myself like that's how I perceived myself as someone who wasn't smart or wasn't good enough because everybody else is have you ever thought that maybe jill and i were like a year or two older and were a little bit more developed you know no 
No, because I was like, well, maybe like, no, because when I hit like your age, like the next year, I wasn't doing as good, you know, like I had to try. I remember I would always try extra hard, like, I don't know, a bunch. I don't know, like if I actually did try harder than you guys, but like I know I put in a lot more. I had to put in a lot more work to be able to get on the same level. I think at the same time, maybe like like in high school, I know you like spent countless amount of time. Like you would be the one who just you you would come home and you would do homework literally for like six hours straight, and like right. go to bed at like past midnight or something because you you somehow like you didn't understand your homework. But it's like right for me and Jill, we just paid attention in class or not paid attention or whatever, and just kind of like. Bree- kind of breathed on through because we just skipped the whole reading part um but like well the thing is i never paid attention in class so like there, i was it was always me going home self-teaching myself and it would never work because obviously i never understood it so adhd was a really big part of like how how i am today and how i perceive myself because i don't know it just it's just those little things it adds up yeah and it just kind of sucked that like um (laughs) you weren't diagnosed early so that you could get the help that you needed to um learn how to study in like adhd ways or you know like a specific study guide or plan for you to learn better yeah well i mean if i i feel like if i was able to pay attention things would click faster for me Uh and i would be able to do things faster but because nothing clicked um the light bulb never came on so i think like it just became like that and then but honestly like when i was when i got older and i went back to school things clicked more easily um finally i don't know maybe my my brain just developed slow um i mean or like you know now that you know that you have adhd it's like a little easier you can watch out for the stuff that like triggers you to lose concentration or something true yeah but all in all yeah that's uh i guess that's my specific (laughs) my specific reason or like example of why i am how i am like with perceiving myself Uh. so it's 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 um i think it's gonna always change like the self-perception thing like how i view myself now is not how i viewed myself in high school or middle school elementary school so Uh. yeah i think it's always gonna change but in the moment i think i have more self-love i guess so I perceive myself in a better light than how I did back then. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, how about you? Like, let's just see, like, let's talk about how you viewed yourself back then. Like, did you have to deal with mental ADHD things? And like, I mean, like, because to me, I always thought you and like Jill always had it, like, because you guys were so smart that you didn't have to deal with all of the extra stuff that I had to deal with but obviously that was my perception of how you guys were so how was it for you on your end your perspective um I think everything was going well until junior year I 
decided to follow some friends into um, like an IB AP English 3 class and um, it didn't turn out well because there was a lot of critical thinking involved and I think with ADHD it's kind of hard to like okay let me focus on this book that I'm reading because I, I never had like stuff like that I was just like in in like freshman sophomore year the English teachers were like I'll just pick a book that you're interested in and do a book report on it, which is fine. I'm interested in this book, so I'll read it. But then when it came to the critical thinking one, the the teacher would, you know, give us a specific book, you know, of mice and men or like this or that. And I'm just like, I'm not interested in this book. I don't really care to read it. And so like, for me, I like skipped it. I tried to spark notes it and it wouldn't give me enough to write like a book report kind of thing. You know, so I would have to, so then I would just make like a half-assed book report or like, I think I had to make like a book report thing for a book and I don't remember what book it was, but I ended up being very unprepared and then I didn't even bring it to class and um, it was my day to present. I stood up in front of the class. Unprepared. Unprepared. And then I just- No notes. No notes or anything. And then I started crying because I'm just like- oh my gosh, like, I'm gonna fail. Because it's like, I've, I was doing bad the whole time. Because we would have these, like, essay tests that were, like, um, you know, like, you have to write, or, like, essay homework. And I would hate writing essays because it would be, like, I have to be critically thinking of, oh, here's three paragraphs and three supporting sentences and two facts for each of these supporting sentences or something. And it's, like, I couldn't I like, can barely I, get one fact <laughs> yeah like I'm I'm all over the place like there's no way I can just concentrate on topics and just write about him like that's insane like even our podcast without like notes and stuff of us following it we're just literally like remember the last one we had with me you and Jill we were just all over the place like I have to go through the podcast and edit it because we didn't follow any notes. We were like here, we were there, we were talking about dogs, we were talking about relationships, we were talking about cousins and... Can I be honest though? Yeah. I feel like those classes though, it was it was kind of hard because like it also has to do a lot with how the teacher interprets the reading because how if you don't interpret it the same way that the teacher did... It, the teacher doesn't understand what you're saying and they just like well that was wrong you know like like but how do you how do, like maybe like maybe they do have the right answer I don't know if they had like an answer key or something of like if your student writes something similar I don't know what it is but like sometimes I felt like it was very like how you viewed the book and the reading and then if you write it down that way the teacher didn't really agree with it and then gave you like a d on your essay because you didn't hit the correct points like i don't know i feel like that was very damaging to like a kid's ego not ego but like you know like just to their soul because it's just like oh well like you need to validate what i think i feel like well i think those book reports gave us a chance that you know, if you were a normal person who could concentrate on your book report or something, you could write why you feel that this way and have supporting facts on why this feels this way. Like you could make your own argument up as long as you can figure out how to support it. But if you can't figure out how to support it, it's like 
walking up to a judge and saying, well, I believe they're innocent because I feel that way. Right. You know? Um, I, yeah, I feel like because maybe we grew up Asian, so we never we never were able to, like, express how we felt and, like, backed it up. That I, whenever, like, because I feel the same way about about these book reports and stuff or essays because I would have a bunch of talking points right but it was so hard for me to tie them together to to connect every single thought because maybe our ADHD kind of gave us like like made it so it was hard for us to tie our thoughts together we just have a thousand thoughts um and ideas but we just can't tie them together and we for some reason, like, because we jumped around so much in our brains that we just couldn't. I think what you're saying is true because it's like we, instead of picking up the bigger picture, I think with the ADHD, we're just, we pick up on random things that we're just like, but then like we kind of run with it in our head. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, oh, he did this. So let me just run with it in my head. And then next thing you know, we have like a whole scenario planned out. But the scenario never happened in the book. So Uh that's why we don't have the supporting facts for it. And so that's Uh why our book report would be wrong. Because we would just be making up facts. Right. And then the teacher was like, where did this come from? (laughs) Like, what? why is this coming out of like left field? Like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So. I agree. Yeah, I think so that kind of uh you know like i think that was like a very humbling experience to be in a class like that where it's like you realize oh you're not really smart well also i was in an ibap class like petitioned myself in there because i'm like oh i'm a smart person but it turns out i'm not a smart person or at least i'm not good at critical thinking because when i ended up in the class i just felt like an idiot um i think it was just that we didn't have the the history of being able to think that way. But if we were exposed to that kind of environment, that teaching style, and how to, like, think that way, then we probably would have been better. But I agree. I don't know. I don't think I've... I've never done the IB. I think I just did, like, honors English. And that was hard, too. But, I mean, I survived it. I got, I got an A in that class oh well ever since i ever since i cried and ran out of that class well there was also fire drill thank god but like (laughs) ever since that oh saved by the bell yeah it was saved by the bell i like i was crying and then all of a sudden the bell rings and i was just like oh okay let's leave and then like but ever since then i think i just just did badly in all my classes i don't know why it just like made this big hit and i just like i think i just stopped caring I, I don't know if it was, like, some sort of mental, like, some, like, a protection, mental protection thing for my brain, but, like, I just kind of mm-hmm. stopped caring about grades and everything, and it carried on even into college, uh-huh. where I was just like, ah, fuck it, I'll skip the class, it's fine, like, anything stressful, I was just like, ah, fuck it, doesn't matter. Just turn off. Yeah, I feel like I turned my brain off. I feel like I couldn't do that. Like, even if it got hard, I kept going because I know that it was not cheap to to pay for these classes. So I would always try my best. Um, 
So that was a little different. I guess some people just turn off when it comes to stress and you just want to relax. For me, I'm a Virgo, so I just overthink things and I keep going. I think I did care, but at the same time, it was like I But you're an Aries. I couldn't bring myself to care. Like, I was like, oh, I'm failing microbiology again for the second time. Like, but you know what? I don't feel stressed enough that I'm going to sit down and read this book. Like, even in, like, Uh. nursing school, like, I was like, like, sometimes I would be like, ah, you know, I should read this. Like, I'm like, I should do this. I should read this book. I should study for this. But, like, it was difficult for me to care. I think I don't know what happened. I like mentally snapped during that time and just like I don't care about Maybe it. you're just burnt out. Just burnt out and just of all the work that you had you were expected to do um and then also the expectations from home like that the grades needed to be good so then like you're like, "Well, I'm already doing bad, so what's the point in trying?" and you just kind of give up. Maybe. I think burning out could be a thing too. But like I've never been burned back in. Mm. Maybe you just need like a really good um, motivation, you know, like you're going back into school. So, I mean, that's a good sign that you're ready to jump back into relearning or learning things, new things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So education wise, I guess that's one of my self-perception things where I'm just like, I'm a bad student and then um the other one would be like more personal uh growing up mom always ragged on me for being like the fat one yeah so i think that right as as in like all all asian aunties and moms always telling their own kids like i feel like there's not a lot of positive like compliments they don't really give compliments the only way for them to show that they care is if they compliment or they're proud that i they're they're proud that i got a certificate of achievement (laughs) for passing a class (laughs) right um but i think that that certainly did not help my self-perception of myself whereas like like we went to the doctor and he was just like Oh, yeah, she's like 130. That's like obese, according to my chart. And it's just like, I'm not that big. But like, then, then, you know, then the whole, oh, you need to stop snacking. You need to stop everything. You can't eat this. You can't eat that, which kind of made me even more depressed and made me want to eat something even more because now you're telling me what not to do. So now I want to do it. Right. (laughs) Oh, So that was a thing. And then, you know, it's like, uh, and then while you're dating or something, it's like, okay, so all four years of my high school, I had on braces because, uh, I don't, I don't know, for some reason it took longer. It took four years of braces before I finally got it off. So like the whole time in high school, I was like low self-esteem because of braces because, well, because of braces. Yeah. Because of braces. And also like. You know, I'm being called fat, so now I'm fat, acne. I have braces. Acne, I feel like, isn't as bad. Like, some people have it bad, you know, like, where they have, like, acne everywhere. Well, the only oh, time okay. I was, like, upset about my acne was, like, 
when I had a big freaking pimple on the tip of my nose. Right. Yeah, so it was like, uh, you know, like uh, between the whole weight thing and the whole, you know, like school, like failing classes and stuff, I think I didn't feel like the smartest Asian. I didn't feel like the prettiest Asian. And like, just I think even like being in the area we were in, there was a lot of white people. And like you could see all the cute guys, just you know, quote unquote cute. Um, they wanted to date the the athletic girls that are in the popular girls. Yeah, in the a- ASB. Yeah, the ASB, the associate student body. They're all they're all white chicks in ASB, and they're all gonna go to freaking Harvard or something. Or like even if they were Asian, they were really like sociable, whitewashed like oh yeah like this, those girls yes there's this girl I yeah and we school who was like that i feel like also it was kind of hard for us because we weren't allowed like we weren't we were always given hand-me-downs so we weren't always confident in like even our our style of clothing because we didn't really dress ourselves like whatever oh, we yeah. had was because they were hand-me-downs and i always wore i always had the same like I chose out like the best quote unquote like the the pieces that I liked uh-huh. mostly because those were the ones I got to pick from the rare times that like mom would let me buy something. Um, only I th- okay yeah there's so many layers to this but I feel like a lot of it had to do with how I dressed um, and I, I feel like you kind of relate to that because you also got hand-me-downs from from Jill and so yeah, it's just like how we dress. We were we weren't like the trendiest. We just kind of like dressed. I just wore whatever our mom would have. Mom gave us to and wear. It, yeah, and then mom never understood like the trends in school, and she never understood that 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 would affect how we think. Because then we are kind of like hiding ourselves, uh, like our hiding how yeah, basically trying not to stand out. Because we feel like our clothes was already, like, embarrassing enough. So we didn't want to, like, be all out there even though we weren't confident. I don't don't know how to, like, put that into words, like. I get what you mean, but I think for me, I was just kind of, like, I kind of embraced my weirdness at some point. Quirky weirdness because i felt like nobody in school could kind of relate to us Mm -hmm. or at least like not to me yeah because i was like yeah i'm a nerd i'm really into technology like i know how to use the web the internet and like i was probably better at computers than like everyone in the school right um but yeah so like i felt like i could not relate but then like also at the same time um our mom was like because you know okay so in high school, it was like, I wasn't smart enough to be in the IB or at AP classes, but I was also, like, not dumb enough that I was just a normal person. So, right. I think the whole time I just felt like I didn't belong, and then it didn't help that, um, I think freshman years, freshman year or something, mom and papa were like, Janet, you need to hang out with smart people. You can't hang out with dumb people, because... Dumb people don't make you smarter. But if you hang out with smarter people, they'll make you smarter. And I said, oh, okay. 
So I like quit my friend group that came with me from middle school. And uh, it made one of the girls cry. <laughs> but, because you quit that friend group? Did you say like, oh, I can't be friends with you guys anymore? Yeah, that's what I said. And then oh, like, wow. yeah. I didn't know that happened. So um, that's why I stopped talking to my friend group. And um, I think I only started talking to one of them again because he was in business academy with me. And I was like, I miss him. He was really nice. And so, like, yeah, so I started talking to him again. But the other people I did not talk to. Oh, so did you end up finding, like, a smarter group of friends? No, I I just kind of bounced around. I think, like, between, like, sometimes I would stop by and hang out and see your group. And then you know how we couldn't hang out with Jill because, you know, we're too stupid. She didn't want to be associated with us. Oh, yeah. So, like, sometimes I would see if I could run into you, and then, like, if it wasn't hanging out with you or something, I would be like, let's go check out a club, or, like, I'll be Really? I didn't know that. Neopets. I always thought you had a lot of friends. Like, you always had a friend group that, like, I felt like I didn't really have friends. Like, I only had a good, like, handful, and then if they were hanging out with their other friends, like, I felt kind of left out, so then I would not hang out with them, like, during that lunchtime or something, and then I would just go to the library and study or do my homework. No, I think friend group-wise, I, like, I spent, like, a year with my friend group with this one guy who, like, I was dating, but then, like, when we broke up, I was just like, well, I don't want to hang out over there anymore. And then so I was just kind of like everywhere. I was like in the library most of the time. Just usually on I the remember computers. That. <laughs> Neopets. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's how you, you met my my other friends, the Neopet friends too. Like Adrian was oh, always in the library. Yes, and then he Quinn was. was always in the library. I thought they were hanging out with you outside in the lunch area. The um, lunch benches. Yeah, I eventually would, like, I think that was around the same time that I started hanging out with them, like, in the library. Because I would always go to the library. And then they knew I was in the library, so they would come uh, from the lunch area, the quad, and then just hang out and play Neopets, so. Adrian was actually a really nice friend. He was. I still don't remember why you guys broke up again <laughs> like as friends <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember but i think like we just didn't really have much in common oh and i think he like didn't like quinn oh <laughs> he always called her like a slut and then sorry we're to cut this out but that's probably why like i think i chose quinn uh because she was always the one hanging out with me and like i felt i felt like Adrian always had like many other friends, so it it like wouldn't matter if I hung out with Quinn. Oh, it's so funny because he like when we were hanging out, he was like, "Man, I remember I promised Jennifer I would like get her like a yearbook or something, and like I, I should get her one." I was like, "Why you don't even hang out with her anymore?" He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, but I kind of promised." And I was like, "Oh, like he's he's actually yeah, really, he's sweet. really sweet." I can't believe Jill kicked his butt once. <laughs> Snickers bar was or something. Was that? Oh yeah, yeah, because she couldn't <laughs> hit Damien, so she had to hit Adrian. Poor thing. 
Adrian was so nice. He used to buy me lunch. Like, remember? Okay, so mom used to give us like a dollar, dollar fifty, or dollar for lunch. No, yeah. it was just a dollar, uh, for lunch, and then like, and he was always like, "That's not enough," and he would buy me like a whole nother lunch or like buy me extra things that I liked, uh, in middle school. So that was really nice. He like had money. Well, he actually spends his money very um carelessly i would say yeah i wonder how he is now mm, i don't know i mean remember we went to his house yeah like the last time i came back we visited his house and then we never ended hanging never ended up hanging out because i think covid happened uh-huh and like i said i would teach him how to drive a car but then i think he never like hit me up so i just kind of like flaked on him I don't know if it does it count as me flaking or does it count as his him flaking? But well, like, if he never hit you up, then like, there's no point. Like, you already went all the way to his house to and offer to, like, to teach him. Know. Like, he should have took the exactly. initiative and said, "Hey, are are we still doing it tonight?" Then I would have said, "Exactly, yeah. the ball was in his court." Exactly, that's true. I felt kind of bad, but then at the same time, I was like, "Well, if he's not committed to it, I guess I can just flake on him." Like, that's I think that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. I feel like, um, I think like because we grew up Asian American, like we growing up Asian, you they always tell you like, oh, don't bother that person, or like at least our mom was always like, don't bother that person, or you know. So we always felt like we would be a bother if we initiated something. So we always wait until the other person hits us up, and then we're like, okay. Um, like, if they're coming to me, then, like, I'm not bothering them because they're coming to me. Oh, I didn't think about so, it like that. But kind of, yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, I feel like even nowadays I don't hit people up. Even though, like, I, I like, I think of someone as a really good friend. I still don't text, I don't initiate a conversation because I feel like oh, I'm just bothering them. So if, but if, like, they're like, hey, let's hang out. I'm like, sure. So, yeah. Uh, well, for me, I think it's more of I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I'm not, in, I am kind of introverted, but with my friends, I'm not. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not lazy, but I get like social anxiety before I go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to have a bad time or something. But then like, when I do hang out, it's like a good time. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad right. I came out. But I think part of it is, like, I don't push plans unless, like, people are, like, hold me accountable for it because I'm, like, socially anxious about hanging out with them. I would yeah. rather stay in the comfort of my own home. Yeah, I learned in psychology class um, in the beginning of my college years that they were saying that humans just are are more likely to think towards a negative like that's why we have like anxiety is because just if that's just our natural response we always just think of what's gonna what's bad that's gonna happen so that's why some people have more anxiety because we are more prone to thinking that way yeah so just gotta have to try to break the cycle like catch yourself in like when you think about these bad things and be, and just stop yourself from thinking that way do you feel that there are any challenges right now in building more self-confidence for yourself or self-esteem 
Mm, I feel like that any challenges would be mental challenges, like mental blocks. Um, so would it be like, like for yourself? For myself? Like, yeah, maybe like... From yourself. If I... I don't even know, like... If I want to do something, well, yeah, it's all like, it's all in like believing in myself, but like currently, I don't really have challenges. I'm just working on myself all the time right now. Um, so what is stopping you from going from a five and a half or six to a nine or a 10? My natural personality, because I've always been the type of person to just kind of like be very passive and very people pleasing um and if something happens i'm like oh it's okay it's okay like um so i think i just keep letting that stuff happen things happen to me and then i'm just i just let people walk on me and then i don't know i just am too passive i'm a people pleaser so then it doesn't, nothing ever happens. Are you afraid of conflict? Yes. Okay. I do not like conflict. So maybe that's why, like, I can't stand up for myself and then come out as more confident. Because then I question myself and I'm like, maybe it's me. Hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like that's that's that. It's just in my personality. Okay. For me, I think it's... um knowledge knowledge yeah like i'm i think it's like uh if i don't feel like i'm the smartest person you know like if i don't have the knowledge or the information about it um uh -huh. then i feel like i can't speak up about it because i guess okay. i guess the challenge would be i i'm just still afraid of being wrong so that's why i want to know all the facts before i spit stuff out Mm, and then I get that. yeah and then for like dating or something i think my confidence would be higher if i can just like i'm always like the roadblock is oh my weight my size or something All right my appearance my appearance um you know if i could do makeup better if i could look skinnier if i could fit in a medium or something you know like Something like that. Or if my mom will stop calling me fat, then, uh, or if my dad will stop calling me fat every time he sees me, <laughs> you know? Right, uh, I right. think that's, that's another challenge that I have to try and overcome is just not care. Not care about what your parents are telling you. Yeah, not care about or what your parents you are telling like. me. Also, like, ex-boyfriends, when they get angry you know how they like spit stuff out there that they usually don't mean yeah. when they're nice but then like when they're angry at you they'll spit it out and you're just like wow was it true the whole time right like, just to hurt your self-confidence they yeah. they say these hurtful things about your image yeah so mm -hmm. it's like i think i still have to overcome that that's that's part of the reason why I'm not like a 10. I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the most beautiful person. And, you know, like, I'm not the best person is what kind of thing affects my self-esteem and self-perception. Yeah. I think there's a lot you need to, in my opinion, like to help you. You should have a lot of more self-care days. Like, I know it's hard because you have so much like things going on like you have work and then you have rover 
So it's kind of hard to put time aside for yourself. But I would definitely put time aside and like do face mask or like do some spa days, you know, like things that'll make you feel better. And like, I think naturally it'll make you feel more confident in yourself because if you just like do your nails once, once in a while, or even like get your hair done, like it helps boost your confidence a little here and there. Okay. I'll take that in mind. Yeah. But I know easier said than done. So what do you think about being Asian American and like, like having an Asian American identity that ties in with like mental health because you know a lot of our self-confidence comes from mental our mental health and how we feel about ourselves so like depression affects you ADHD can affect you or like anything on the spectrum can affect the Mm -hmm. mental health what sort of experiences do you have with being Asian American and like let's say depression um I haven't really thought about that but I feel like in in Asian culture there's not really like they don't really acknowledge these things so like sometimes I feel like me knowing now knowing that I have these it feels wrong the depression feels wrong or the Asian or like not acknowledging it feels wrong Asians Asian not Asians not acknowledging depression so Whenever I do get into, like, depressive episodes, it feels like something's wrong with me. But, like, I can't help it because it's, like, hormonal sometimes. Or, like, I don't know. It's just, um, I I don't really know how to put them all. Like, I have so many thoughts about it. It's just tying them together is kind of hard to express. How, why don't you start? Okay. So I think a lot of older generation Asian American parents uh, just don't believe in depression. Like uh, like our mom, for example. When I told her about uh, like you know our brother having depression over a breakup, she just said, oh, you know, he's just acting weird. Um... Or when I mentioned, no, that's not being weird. That's just being depressed. You know, it happens to a lot of people. Uh, You have different things that trigger it or whatnot. And like a lot of stress. Like you give him a lot of stress sometimes. Like this and that. And it's just, um, she's like, well, he, you, you know, like he's seeing the therapist. Or you're seeing the therapist. Like you guys are the crazy ones. So she, she, I think she attributes depression to craziness. Like, anything right, mental right. health is crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, pretty much trying to say the same thing. Yeah, like, I don't want to say, oh, I'm crazy. I'm just depressed. But because they don't understand that, it's very hard to express how we feel. Um, but I did, I did, I do remember talking to her about like ADHD um and I gave her like specific examples of how that affected me growing up and she did apologize she's I think she knows what it is now and um she did apologize to me once um while we were driving in a car and she's like sorry I didn't I really didn't know like that's what was going on but 
No, I tried and to explain it to her too. It. And she she just said, uh, I feel like she just pretended that she that she understood, because I I brought it up and I had mentioned to her, oh, you know, like we have this we have this mental problem, mental I don't know, it's not not a problem, but like you know, we have this issue with learning because we have mm-hmm. this. And I was like, and then she just, she just, I think she also takes it as like an offense to it, like that we have it because she thinks that, and then she tries to like, oh, she blamed it on Papa and then blame it on dad. Yeah. yeah. She was like, oh, I think he has it. Cause he's always trying to do all this random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. okay. But like, it's not like a, it's not a disease. Like it doesn't go away. You can't treat it. It's just the way we are. It's just the way our brain right. is wired. But she, I don't think she understands it. Yeah, so I think, like, whenever we express these things and try to talk about it, uh, she thinks that we're, like, saying that it's her fault or something, and then she deflects and then kind of doesn't want to talk about it. And then what I I think, like, it's hard to even express to her is that whenever you're trying to explain something, she'll, like, finish your sentences, and then you you get angry because you can't really express what you wanted to say because she keeps on trying to do that and you're like never mind I don't never mind I don't even want to explain it anymore at this point because she just kind of like triggers that that she doesn't really understand yeah like when she does that I just tell her just shut up listen to me <laughs> like I literally will tell her I'll be like shut up listen to me I'm trying to talk here and she'll be like okay <laughs> Yeah, I think she's a little more receptive to that nowadays. Like, back then she would do all the talking. Yeah. It kind of sucks. I feel like she's very lonely. And she would never she would never admit it. But she's, like, super lonely because she doesn't have really any friends. So she'll accept anyone and anything. And, um, yeah, just kind of annoying when she tries to talk about the same story over and over again. Yeah. I think she would have more, more like things going on, like more friends and stuff, if she was a little more positive and like put people in a more positive light um, in general. Because it's kind of like what you put out there. If you put out negative stuff into the world, you're just going to receive the negativity. Versus like if she was more positive about everybody in general or like things that happened then then i feel like people would be would want if she would like radiate like a light that would attract more people but because she's not like that it's it's like a vicious cycle of her pushing people away uh, all right so what um so let's say you if you see depression in the family like if i came up to you and said i'm depressed or if harm came up to you and said he's depressed or jill like, what would you do? Would you ignore it? Would you share it with other people? Or would you just kind of, like, keep quiet? Mm, well, I think it depends on the person. And if they wanted me to, like, be able to share that with someone, that could possibly help. But I think if one of you said that, I would be like, okay, is there anything that I can do to help you in the moment? I'm I'm okay listening like do you want advice or do you want someone to listen and go from there and if 
if they're the if they said hey like I don't want you to tell anybody I won't tell anybody and like and I'll follow up and deal with it as we go but I'm not gonna tell everybody what happened like I feel like if if you want them to trust you then like you can't tell other people because then when they find out that you told other people how they're feeling they're gonna shut off shut you out again because they can't trust you anymore so I try not to say anything unless like it's a really important situation where like it's a life or death and if I don't tell anybody because because I feel like it's overwhelming and I need help to deal with this situation I will tell somebody who will be able to help but it has to be somebody I can trust that will be actually handle it and not take this information and use it as a weapon against the depressed individual. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think for me, I'm not super equipped to help people who are depressed. So like, I'll try and like, listen to them for a while. But like, if it gets out of hand, like, life or death, like, I'm not the type of person who can tell when they're serious about something like that. So, like, I would probably try and take, like, get expert help in it. Versus, let me just wait around and maybe it'll go away or something. Because I don't want to be responsible for something like that to happen. Even though it's, like, it's not my fault if something happened. Unless I push them to do it. Yeah, it would be on my conscience, like... Oh, I could have stopped it. I could have found a way to get it to stop, but like, I couldn't. Or I didn't because I thought I could handle it. But like, at the end of the day, we aren't trained professionals to deal with this stuff. We're just, you know, trying to help someone in our lives that are dear to us. So it's, you just have to remember that you can't control any what someone else does at the end of the day and if they want to do something that affects their lives then they did that and you try your best to avoid anything bad happening to them yeah i think that's a good that's a good thing to keep in mind if you have depressed friends or family uh, that confide in you and Like, I think one of the reasons why we don't share anything like that, like, oh, I need mental help or something, is because, like, growing up, it just felt like, oh, you know, if we said we needed mental health, it just means we're crazy. Right. You know, or like... We didn't want to, quote unquote, admit that we're crazy. Yeah. Like, our... our, Or be seen as crazy. Yeah. And Chinese word for crazy is chi-seen. We don't want to be chi-seen same i don't want to be chasing yeah i feel like it's easier for us to express our like mental health issues with other people that aren't asian like that don't have the asian mentality i think the people our age is easier to share if we're mentally depressed or something because i think they grew up feeling the same way but there yeah. are some people who are like the older generation who don't understand. 
Right. They're very black and white. They're like, you're either crazy or you're not crazy. Like, there's no spectrum. And like, for us, we're like, this is spectrum. Yeah, this is a spectrum. Even my depression is a spectrum. Some days it's happy and some days it's like depressed and some days it's like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna commit seppuku. <laughs> you know, like, it gets exactly. the spectrum. Do you tend to hide when you are feeling depressed? Because, you know, like, oh. Not, not on purpose. I feel like when I'm depressed, I feel, I just like naturally shut off and really like ignore not ignore on purpose but like i just don't have the capacity to express what it is i just let myself ride through the emotions and then once i'm out i'm back to how i am but i i usually just deal with things in my brain how about you um i think a lot of times i deal with stuff in my brain because i'm too ashamed to admit that i'm like depressed and it's like oh why are you depressed well you know oh like i'm depressed over uh, like you know over my ex-boyfriend or something and people are like oh why are you so depressed over him he was a piece of crap or something it's just like yeah he was a piece of crap but i like really enjoyed he was also part of my life yeah he He was was also somebody i loved and i'm still trying to figure out why why it turned out that way how you love somebody and suddenly they made you feel that way right and then also like oh um you know or i'm depressed about life well what why are you depressed about life like you got everything you want like no i don't i'm like i feel lonely i feel like i don't belong or you know like etc etc but it's like i think for me i would keep it inside unless somebody actually sat me down and was like hey what's wrong or like hey something going on or something Mm -hmm. because like uh like there's like a few friends who like would be like hey are you okay and then like sometimes i'll start tearing up because i'm like no i hate when that happens when you're like super close to the brink of about to be crying and someone can read your face and then when they ask you are you okay and you burst out crying no i'm not okay (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. And it's it's always it's fine. You know. It's you just want to uh, acknowledge your emotions and let them be emotions and let them pass. And once they pass, you just move on. You just you know take on each wave as they come. But it's not good to push them away and not acknowledge them because then you kind of defer the healing process. Hmm. Okay. So how do you think, like, how do you think people should get over it? Like, what's the, what's some good ways of um, increasing your self-confidence, getting over your depressions or anything like that? Sadness. Self-care days. Mental health breaks. Mental health. What's a mental health break? Just take a day off for your mental health or or if you have days like your weekends off, then you do things for yourself, things that you like, you know, like indulge in that chocolate cake, indulge in in coming home after like go to the gym, you know, like do stuff for that'll make you healthy and then come home and just stay and stay home and don't go anywhere if that's what makes you happy or go go and do Go to the aquarium if that's what makes you more calm. 
just do nice things for yourself what if you're like poor i can't afford the gym i can't go to the aquarium i can't get the spa treatment well that then that's well you know what you're like that's a you problem you can't afford the gym (laughs) then go out and run and go out on the street and do some running do some jumping jacks in your own house okay if you can't afford an aquarium go to petco they have a big selection of fish tanks there that you can just look at animals like i went to petco yesterday and i saw so many gerbils oh true volunteer yeah volunteer at your local pet shelter Pet some animals, pet some cats, get the dopamine rush from from hanging out with cute little dojis. Exactly. And if if that's if you don't have any of that, then like put on a face mask. Like you can DIY them if you really can't afford one, but like go to Target. It's like a dollar for a face mask and watch some movies and let yourself sleep throughout the day. Like whatever it is that you feel like will help you feel better true okay those are some good cute nice creative um ideas on how to get out of your funk yeah yeah that's that's good all right how about you for me um well i usually sleep it away sleep it off and um yeah sleep's good sleep it off because i like sleeping um i have noticed you know like if i if I'm, like, in a depressed funk or something, I can go online, and then when I'm, like, in video games or something, I like to be, like, kind of loud and obnoxious in voice chat to random people, mm-hmm. and just, like, being outgoing out there, because nobody knows who you are, so in, like, a video game or something, it just kind of makes me feel a little bit more self-confident. Not, like, don't take it out on people or something, but, like, be friendly. Ask somebody else how their mm-hmm. day was. Maybe if they have a worse day, you can feel better about yourself. Or if they have a worse day, you can try and help them feel better. Then feel better about yourself for helping someone else feel better. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like as humans, we're, we're naturally social creatures, even though we don't admit it. Or sometimes we'll say we're antisocial. But at the end of the day, we're naturally social people. So when we have some sort of positive, positive social interaction it makes both parties a little bit feel a little bit better that's true yep yep all right do you want to share some stories of you feeling empowered or any sort of like growth in your confidence so self-reflecting and discussing like mental health asian culture stuff like that kind i feel like that helps me feel more normal and more at right peace finding with finding somebody who or finding something that you see that you can relate to to help heal yourself like seeing that other people experience the same way mm-hmm. the same things makes you feel like oh okay like i'm not alone in this yeah, like, uh, I think uh, the word is a terrible word, but it's trauma bonding. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like when I trauma bond about my past or anything like that with people who are similar, I feel a little more empowered because I'm right. I think sometimes it's like, well, why did we have to feel this way? I think we don't have to feel this way. And I think we should mm-hmm. let the world know. You know, um, there's this thing that I do that I've 
done like since I don't know since I was really young but like I noticed I started doing this so I had this experience when I was I don't know in like 2015 I don't really know like almost eight years ago um anyways I had a coworker expose himself in front of me at work and there was like this it really affected me in a way where um I had so much anxiety and I didn't know how to deal with it and I was I was talking to my therapist um she was telling me like I can try reading things online like forums and like read other people's experiences because it helps helps you like put into words of how you're feeling and it's and so that's what I did like I I just and I feel like since then I've used reddit a lot like I would if every time I feel that I'm going through some feeling and I don't know how to like describe it I would just like google like reddit and like put my feelings in there and usually there's like a reddit forum that's like of somebody who's going through the exact same thing um or like something very close and I'm able to just read like comments of like from that forum and be able to relate to that and then seeing a bunch of other comments that can be relatable to me and it makes me feel better wow wait I never thought about that but that's that's a good idea because you feel less alone even mm-hmm. if the post is, like, from, like, five years ago, you're like, man, other people felt the same way. And, like, they've managed to verbalize what they were trying to think. And it's like, wow, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Right. It's it's so nice. Um, Just, like, that's my piece of advice. Just, just Google the word Reddit and then, like, whatever you're feeling. And it usually pops up with the thread. It's so crazy. Or, like, just advice in general. It doesn't even have to be, like, how you're feeling. It could just be, like my car is doing this this and this and like people would like suggest like what to do you know and you're like oh maybe that's a funny tool to use but it works that's a great tool okay so um so this episode we talked about self-confidence mental health depression how to some cool tips on how to uh feel better temporarily at least until you can pick yourself off your off your feet again if any of you listeners have your own stories or reflections you can share with us on social media we're on all the social medias rice bowl reflections on instagram or rice bowl pod on x um feel free to hit us up send us a dm about your own stories and maybe it'll make it onto the next episode yeah, let us know so we don't feel like we're alone. Yeah. Um, also, Jennifer, any New Year's plans for tomorrow? New Year's Eve? Or um, next week? I, you know what? I don't really have New Year's plans. I don't. It's not really like a holiday that I'm like always celebrating. Like I don't party or anything. So, you know, it's just another day for me, honestly. So no, no plans. Um, just gonna stay home and relax and have my Sunday scaries, I guess. Sunday scaries? Do you watch scary movies every Sunday? No, it's just like dreading work. Oh, usually that's what it means. Like you're dreading the next day because it's Sunday, you know. Like oh, Monday, people weekend. usually work. Oh. 
Yeah. But I do have Monday off, so I mean, I would have Monday scaries, but um, I usually get scared two days before because oh. I'm a Virgo and I overthink. Okay. How about you? For me, I mean, I don't have any New Year's Eve plans. I wanted to make some with this guy that I, this guy I was talking to. I wanted to hang out with him, see if uh, New Year's Eve would, you know, kind of push anything along just in case. Um, but um, Wait, so is it still happening? No, they're working. Oh, man. So I might just have plans with my friend, but it seems like she pushed Sunday's plans onto tonight. So I might oh. go hang out with her and then just Sunday just chill at home. Because um, yeah. I'll be done house-sitting, pet-sitting. Yeah. Um, other than that, I hope we'll be able to record another episode and let that out next week. Um, haven't figured out what our schedule should be. Like, does anybody want to listen to our podcast on the weekends or the weekdays? Is, like, a Monday a good time? So you start off the week with us? Or is like midweek when you already listen to all your Monday podcasts, you know? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in for our second episode. Hopefully, these are released back to back so you guys can listen to them. Um, yeah, until next time. Until next I time. I feel like subscribe, we- share. Yeah. We'll be talking and in touch with you guys. Yep. Thank you.